0: Thank you for listening to the Faith Free Lutheran Church Sermon Archive. Today's sermon for the Seventh Sunday After Trinity, July 18th, 2021, is preached by Pastor Jason Goodham. If you have questions or comments regarding today's message, please call the church office at 612-824-5527 or visit our website at faithlutheran-aflc.org. Good morning again. Special welcome to those of you who are visiting us this morning. Grace to you in peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I would at this time invite you to stand as I read the Old Testament lesson appointed for this Sunday. The sermon text is taken from Jeremiah chapter 23 verses 1 through 6. can be found on page 1210 of your pew Bible if you'd like to follow along. Reading in Jesus' name, Jeremiah chapter 23 verses 1 through 6. "'Woe to the shepherds who destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture,' declares the Lord. "'Therefore, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, concerning the shepherds who care for my people, "'You have scattered my flock and have driven them away, and you have not attended to them. Behold, I will attend to you for your evil deeds,' declares the Lord. "'Then I will gather the remnant of my flock out of all the countries where I have driven them, and I will bring them back to their fold, and they shall be fruitful and multiply.'" Heavenly Father, these are Your words, and Your word is truth. We pray that this morning You would sanctify us in the truth, that You would convict us of sin in our lives where that is necessary, and that You would comfort and encourage us with the promises of Your gospel. In Your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. I can't remember if it was in seminary or shortly after seminary, but I once had a pastor tell me that being a pastor... was the the art of being wrong about everything while simultaneously proclaiming the truth. I've experienced that in spades over the course of the last 18 months. I have been told that I speak about social justice issues too much and not enough. I've been too vocal about my support for the police, and I've also been too critical of them. I've been promoting fear by requiring masks at church, and I've been too flippant in my dismissal of masks. I've also found that I don't do anything with politics right ever. So maybe the answer is simply to stop talking about politics. And I would buy that. I tend to run my mouth too frequently. Except I've also been told that I don't preach enough about repentance, and I preach too much about the Gospel. I take God's Word too literally when it comes to the sacraments, and not literally enough when it comes to the end times. Multiple people have indicated that they don't come to faith because they just can't feel the Spirit moving here. I've been told to stop talking about vocation, and also to spend more time talking about vocation. And I hesitated even to use this as the opening for the sermon because I can see someone criticize me for whining rather than simply using this as an illustration to prove a point. Now, all this adds up to the fact that I was less than thrilled when I saw the Old Testament lesson for for today and how it talks about how the shepherds of God's people have failed. Great. So, if you'll turn in your Bibles to Mark chapter 6... Kidding. We're still going to talk about Jeremiah 23. But in all honesty, the theme that popped into my head as I prepared the sermon this week is simply this. When the shepherds fail, the people also fail. And that is absolutely terrifying to me. The words of Jeremiah to the shepherds of people today are not kind, nor should they be, but they are necessary. There's a certain type of pastoral care that is necessary. But when the spiritual leadership of the people fails, it leads to drastic and tragic consequences. What was going on in Israel that had Jeremiah and the Lord so incensed? And why should pastors and congregations today be paying attention to these six verses in Jeremiah 23? Let's turn our eyes back to the Old Testament lesson and find out. First, we'll address the failure of the shepherds. The list of accusations against the failed shepherds of the people is somewhat vague, yet there is a distinct progression to follow here. Jeremiah writes, Woe to the shepherds who destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture, declares the Lord. Therefore, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, concerning the shepherds who care for my people. You have scattered my flock and have driven them away, and you have not attended to them. Behold, I will attend to you for your evil deeds, declares the Lord. Then I will gather the remnant of my flock out of all the countries where I have driven them. Now, the phrase that stands out in these first couple of verses is evil deeds. But we don't know exactly what the evil deeds that Jeremiah is referring to. We can make an educated guess because several of the prophets, including Jeremiah in other places in his prophecy, identify various deeds which the leaders of the people are guilty of. But in Jeremiah not focusing on evil deeds here... It means we need to be paying attention to something else. What we know is that the evil deeds of the shepherds had led to drastic consequences for the people who were listening to and trusting in these failed shepherds. But these generic evil deeds lead us to only one conclusion. The shepherds themselves are called and appointed by God but also held accountable to practice what they preach. Or rather, to clarify, they are called to practice what the actual Word of God preaches. Shepherds, among the people of God especially, are not permitted to be hypocrites. Now, we may not know what these shepherds were preaching or what these shepherds were doing, but we do know the result The sins of the shepherds resulted in spiritual isolation for the people of God. And this, in turn, led to exile. And this is exactly where Jeremiah's message intersects with the church of today. Again, without knowing the specifics of the sin being described and condemned here, we can still make some general observations. First, the shepherds were isolating the people of God. They were scattered and afraid But this isolation led to exile. And what we know is that throughout the Old Testament, exile was God's promised punishment for unrepentance. And What that means is that regardless of what the shepherds were or weren't saying and were or weren't doing, the people themselves had fallen into sin, and the people themselves refused to repent. So what's going on here? I believe that the scattering and isolation of God's people was the result of spiritual selfishness. The scattered sheep of Israel were scattered because of a me-first spirituality. And that's exactly what's going on in the modern church in America. For years and years and years, I've been hearing a personal faith be emphasized in the church. Now, I've got to be very careful here because a personal faith in and of itself is not necessarily a bad thing. After all, all pastors want the faith that is preached and proclaimed from the pulpit to be personally identifiable and personal to each and every person who hears us. If you're talking about a personal faith in that way, you are entirely in line with Scripture. But what has happened in America is that personal faith has turned into private and unique faith. A faith that is personal to only one person, and that's me. We have generations that have grown up in the church with the concept that God is their own private butler who exists only to provide for their own selfish needs. And that the church, in line with this, is a dispenser for entertainment. This consumeristic attitude has led to generations of Christians who have a me-first attitude when it comes to their faith and their identification with the church. What can God do for me? And how can the church participate in doing it for me how I want it, right here and right now? And when those needs aren't met, we as selfish, sinful people move on to the next big thing and the thing after that and the thing after that and the next popular pastor and the church after that and the church after that completely isolating ourselves not only from the Word of God in the history of Christianity, but also from the people of God each residing on our own private desert island. And to be clear, this starts with the shepherds. And they take a large portion of the blame here. Because when a me-first Christianity spreads and is propagated, it leads first to unconfessed and then undealt with sin. When the shepherds stop preaching God's word against sin, the people stop confessing sin, and what this does is it results in exile. For the Israelites, it was literal exile. The northern kingdom shipped off to Assyria and all its territories, and the southern kingdom shipped off to Babylon and all its territories. But for us today, it still results in exile. But it's spiritual exile, cut off from the church, because eventually, with the message the church preaches today, church isn't even necessary. If the message coming from the pulpits of the congregations in America sounds exactly like the message that is coming from Facebook or from Twitter or from TV or from anything else, guess what? You don't need the church. You can already get it out there in society. But most of all, the exile we find ourselves in is an exile from God completely unable and incapable of relating to Him. Not understanding who He is or what He says or why He does what He does. The question we're left today with as we assess this entire situation is what does God do about this reality? Well, first, He judges and condemns sin, thus the exile. That's why God is talking about the exile. He takes sin seriously. But in the midst of exile, God provides. And He provides His people with faithful shepherds. God says, I will bring them back to their fold, and they shall be fruitful and multiply. I will set shepherds over them who will care for them, and they shall fear no more, nor be dismayed, neither shall any be missing, declares the Lord. The message here is first that God always seeks out His people. He always calls, and then He always brings them back. He does this first and foremost through His faithful shepherds. But what does the faithful shepherd do that separates from the unfaithful shepherd? Our first reflex as we think through this would be that the faithful shepherd simply teaches His people not to sin. He trains them in righteousness. Perhaps He provides an example with His own life. After all, we've already mentioned the evil deeds in the hypocrisy of the failed shepherds. But consider how the activity of the faithful shepherds is described here in Jeremiah 23. Just like with the failed shepherds, the specific activity itself isn't described in so many details, just the results. And the result of the faithful shepherds is that the sheep are no longer afraid and they're no longer in danger. Well, that could be any number of things, right? That could be entirely situational to your own context, right? Well, not exactly. Because there's a theme here that runs throughout Scripture, Old Testament and New Testament alike, and it's bubbling right under the surface for us to hear. God, either directly or through His prophets, continually in Scripture tells His people not to be afraid. There are literally dozens, if not hundreds of examples of this happening in Scripture. It's what God told Moses right before the parting of the Red Sea. It permeates the Psalms, the theme of do not fear. It's even what Jesus told His disciples after the resurrection. Do not be afraid. But here's the truth, and here's what we have to pull out of this text this morning. Whenever God declares to his people, fear not, an absolution has occurred. When God says, fear not, it means that God has forgiven your sins, and you no longer have to be afraid in his presence. And this is exactly what's going on here in Jeremiah 23. Absolution is being delivered by the faithful shepherds. In fact, it's the only thing they're described as doing. But, 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 some might object to that statement. Certainly, there's got to be more to, a jo- to the job of a faithful pastor than just running around and forgiving sins willy-nilly, right? Well, yes. And no. But it all has to do with the connection between the faithful shepherd and the righteous branch. Jeremiah moves incredibly, and I will admit selfishly here, for a pastor that's being threatened with failure on all sides, he moves unsettlingly quickly from the job description of the faithful pastor And I, as your pastor, need to hear. While the shepherds have failed when the people have been isolated and punished with exile, it is not, on the other hand, the shepherd's responsibility to execute justice and righteousness in the land. That's the Lord's job. Because ultimately, it's the shepherd's job to deliver the message and then to get out of the way. When the shepherds fail to deliver the message, when the shepherds fail to proclaim all but only what God has said, then the sheep get isolated, they fall into unconfronted and then unrepentant sin, and eventually the sheep are punished. But when the shepherds deliver exactly what God's Word says, as it says it, in the way it's intended to be received, what we see after that point, no matter where you are in Scripture, is God working. Not the shepherds. God. God works through His Word for righteousness and justice. God delivers His law And God's law prescribes an ordered and just creation. God's law orders us both to a right relationship with Him and a right relationship with each of our neighbors. Through the law, God calls us to holy living. God tells us what holiness looks like, and then God condemns us. He kills each one of us because we won't listen and we can't do it. But God never ever ends His message with just the law. To do that would be to leave us all in exile just as before. No, God also delivers to us the Gospel. He delivers to us the righteous branch of David. The work and outcome of the branch of David is simple. God's people will be saved and they will dwell securely. And all this is because the name of the branch is the Lord is our righteousness. Here's your last big idea to process through here. The shepherds didn't fail because they failed to tell the people they needed to be righteous. We know that on our own. In fact, every single person on the planet knows whether they believe in God or not, that they need to be righteous. The shepherds didn't fail because they failed to help the people be righteous. In the end, I can only tell you what to do, and I have zero control what you do when you walk out those doors. The shepherds failed because they failed to proclaim to the people that it was their own righteousness that condemns them. The shepherds fail because they left the people thinking they could be righteous. That's where the breakdown occurs. I can proclaim to you morality all day until I'm blue in the face. But at the end of the day, you're still going to be a sinner. I can also proclaim to you God's wrath against your failed morality all day, and if I stop there at the end of the day, you'll be isolated. Isolated from the church, isolated from God, terrified at your sin, and convinced everyone else is doing it better than you are. But the message of Scripture... And God's word for you today is that in the midst of your sin, and in the midst of your guilt and shame over your sin, God sent His Son to fulfill the law for you, to die for your sins, and to win victory over sin, death, and the devil. The message of Scripture is that Jesus Christ, God's righteous branch, is your righteousness. Not my preaching. Not your behavior, but Jesus Christ in your place. And with Jesus Christ as your righteousness, you cannot be condemned because Christ has been condemned for you. And with Jesus Christ as your righteousness, you will never be isolated because you are a part of the family of God. You have been adopted and clothed with Christ and washed in His blood and He identifies you along with any other Christian who has ever lived as His child. You are the church. You are the building that has been built on the foundation of God's Word. And you are not alone. He will never leave you or forsake you. And my job each and every Sunday is to deliver to you God's Word, to step out of the way, and let the Holy Spirit do His job. And that's it. And that's wonderful, because the only one here in this room right now who has done His job is the triune God. God. The only one who has completed the task set out before you today is Jesus Christ. The only one who succeeds each and every time is God the Holy Spirit in and through His Word. Amen. Now may the peace of God which passes all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.